Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. As always, it's our pleasure to have Brother Ed Marks with us to fellowship about these wonderful life studies from Genesis, and we continue today, Ed, to look at Jacob, and it's nice to have you back. I'm very happy to be back with our listeners to cover another life study message from the book of Genesis. Ed, today we're going to examine Jacob again and really see two matters concerning him, transformation and maturity. Of course, we're looking at Old Testament pictures to illustrate these items. Where are these things found in the New Testament? Yes, we need to see that these two matters are in the New Testament. Romans 12.2 and 2 Corinthians 3.18 speak of transformation. Romans 12.2 says we need to be transformed by the renewing of the mind. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, this verse says that when we behold the Lord with an unveiled face, we are beholding and reflecting his glory And we are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. What happens in transformation is when we behold the Lord, when we turn our hearts to the Lord, he infuses us with his new element and he discharges our old natural element. As a result, we are metabolically changed inwardly to become a new creation for his expression. Maturity is when we're filled to the brim with the divine life that metabolically changes us. And according to Hebrews 6.1, this shows that we should not be contented in our Christian life. We should not be complacent. We have to pursue the Lord with our whole being. If you look at Paul in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 15, he was a person who pursued Christ, who laid hold of Christ, who forgot his past experiences of Christ so that he could gain the vast territory of Christ that was yet unexplored for his experience. This is the definition of transformation and maturity. You know, Ed, one of the things that I enjoy the most, I think, in these life studies is how these pictures in the Old Testament give us such a graphic, visual illustration of our New Testament Christian walk. It really applies in today's life study with these two crucial matters. Let's join Witness Lee, and we look today at transformation and maturity. I do know that many of you got bothered. That you got bothered. What is the difference between maturity and transformation? First of all, I would tell you the last stage of transformation is maturity. When transformation gets in full, that is maturity. Then what is transformation? Transformation, we know, is a kind of a metabolic change in life. It's not a matter of fullness, but a matter of change. With us, the children of God, we need 
Firstly, transformation, then we reach maturity. You see, not just an outward change in appearance, but an inward change in life. And God's economy needs a human life, but not our natural human life. And our natural life has to be transformed, metabolically in its nature and in its life. So the divine life might be mingled with this transformed human life to be one life. This is a deep thing. So transformation here is the change of the natural life, but maturity doesn't uh, include any change. Maturity is just a matter of life added again and again until you have the fullness of life. Now, let us apply what we have explained to the case of Jacob. With Jacob, there were a lot of changes. From chapter 26, right? From chapter 26, you can see that heel holder, surrender, you know, that subtle one, he was all the time changing, 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 changing. He was changed. From chapter 37 to the end of the book, you couldn't see any change with Jacob. Jacob was fully changed. But, listen this, in 37, you have a changed person, but in chapter 47, another 10 chapters later, you have a person not only changed, but full of life. And what is the fullness of life? The fullness of life is just a blessing. The blessing is the overflow of life. When you are filled with life, then the life overflows out of you. So you can see in chapter 27, a surrender was there. In chapter 37, a changed man is here. Then in chapter 47, what? A mature one will be there. You can see three pictures. And obviously, today we are dealing with one of the deeper aspects of the Christian life, since it concerns the maturity of life. And we can clearly see that uh, there were two distinct stages in Jacob's life. In chapters 27 through 36, he's getting a lot of dealings, and he's changing very much. And this indicates, as you spoke in the introduction, transformation. But in the latter chapters, he's obtaining something more, isn't he? Yes, he is, and I would like to point out, in Genesis 27, what we see is that Jacob is a supplanter. But by the time we come to chapter 37, we see that Jacob is relatively a transformed person. He is Israel. But there's something further that needs to take place in Jacob's progress with the Lord. So by the time we come to chapter 47 we see that Jacob is a fully matured person. In chapter 37, we see a transformed person. But 
What the Lord wants to do with Jacob and what he wants to do with us is he wants us to come to the final stage of transformation where we're filled to the brim with the divine life that metabolically changes us. By the time of chapter 37, Jacob had lost Rachel. Rachel had died, the one that he loved the most. Joseph had been taken away from him, the son that he cared for the most. So Jacob was stripped of everything that was dear to him. But by God's environmental dealings with Jacob, what this did was this emptied Jacob's whole being out to make him an empty, open jar so that he could be filled to the brim with the divine life of the triune God until he came to a point in chapter 47 where he is blessing everyone. He blesses Pharaoh. He blesses his sons. He blesses his grandsons. And this is our career, to minister Christ as life into others so that they can be filled with the Christ as life with whom we're filled. And it's marvelous that at that stage in Jacob's life, he was not there instructing others. He was there blessing others. Let's rejoin Witness Lee. How could this tender person be filled with life? We are a vessel, not a vessel without feeling, without sense, without will. You know, you have a jar, you have a bottle as a vessel to contain something. If you like to fill it with water or with wine, with uh, uh, Coca-Cola, with some love, it has no opinion, right? It has no opinion. But we are vessels so living, full of senses full of uh, opinions, full of uh, directions, desires. So it's hard. (laughs) It uh, is not so easy, it's so simple for God to put his life into us. Not so easy. Not so easy. Absolutely not so easy. Now, I wish to point out to you one thing that is very hidden in this book. For Jacob, 20 years were silent. It is very meaningful to me. You know, he suffered Laban's squeezing hand exactly 20 years. And now he was there in a kind of silent situation also for 20 years. Tell me what he did within those 20 years. In those 10 years, he had nothing. He had nothing to do. He had nothing as a goal. He had nothing as an ambition. Nothing there but the presence of God. And he needed not to deal with anything. But he was all the time dealing with God. To receive the Heavenly life. So we have to believe from chapter 37 to chapter 41, 20 years passed. In that period of time, Jacob was being filled with the divine life. Now, we have to see his sufferings. He suffered the loss of Joseph, right? And for all 20 years, he admitted 
at least there's no record in those 20 years he suffered anything else. All of a sudden, one thing came beyond his control. What thing? Famine. <laughs> the famine. The famine was used by God to lift up Joseph. And also, the same famine was used by God to deal with Jacob. You just consider a little bit. My, when Jacob, at that old age, was stricken with such a worldwide famine, what an exercise that would be to his whole being. The famine was enforcing. But the ten sons going away from him was also a suffering to him. You know, he lost Joseph. Now all the ten sons had to go away. And also he heard the news, not the good news, the news that Benjamin has to go. Benjamin had to go. You just consider. Tell me, was he suffering there? Yes, he was suffering. But the main point is that he was not suffering. He was emptied by God. He was emptied. God just took away every bit of his old infailing. God took away the old infailing. He became, I tell you, a jar, fully empty. You must see this, that this was 100% sovereign of the Lord. The Lord prepared him. Ed, what a rich spiritual portrait is presented here. Jacob outwardly is suffering terrible calamities in his life. But in reality, he is just there open to his Father God and allowing God by his sovereign hand to empty him out. Would you share more about this kind of experience? I would really encourage all of our listeners, we all need to have the same experience of Jacob, to be opened and emptied out of all the things that preoccupy our being so that we can be filled with the riches of Christ as life. You know, Luke one fifty three is an important verse. This verse says, The hungry he has filled with good things. The rich he has sent away empty. We need to be those who are always hungering and thirsting for Christ as righteousness. Then he will fill us with the good things of his divine life. I would also like to share with our listeners in 2 Kings chapter 4, we have a marvelous picture of this. In 2 Kings chapter 4, there is a widow, a poor widow, who Elisha comes to visit, and she has nothing with which to feed herself or to live on. She just has a little bit of oil. So what Elisha tells her, he tells her to go borrow empty vessels from her neighbors and to pour the oil out into those empty vessels. Well, that little bit of oil, she just pours the oil into those empty vessels. When there were no more empty vessels, the oil stopped. What this means is we need to be open and empty vessels to receive the fullness of the spirit of life. Spiritual progress is to keep being empty and simultaneously to keep being full. 
Wonderful fellowship. Thank you, Ed. Let's rejoin Witness Lee for the conclusion of this marvelous life study. You know, today, many, many times, we did talk about occupation or preoccupation. You know, we said several times the uh, frustration of all growth in life is mainly due to the preoccupation. Anyhow, something occupies us. You see, we do not have much ground, much space given to the life, right? We have so much occupying our capacity within our being. But when the good news came with the sons that Joseph was still living there in Egypt, by this time, you have one person on this earth. Fully, wholly, entirely, thoroughly empty. For what? For the divine life. By that time, you could see he became mature. He became mature. When the good news came, he became matured. He was not only thoroughly transformed, he was fully filled up with the divine life. He became matured. This is not just a story, right? We must see this is our history. This is our biography. You and I, we all must believe even the small things in our daily life. Everything is under God's sovereign hand. Here, in this case of Jacob, you can see everything transpired there was of God. For what purpose? Not for the purpose that you may lose something. Neither for the purpose that you may gain something. No. Just for one purpose. Firstly, to transform you. And followingly, to make you mature. To make you mature. To transform you, God needs to do a lot of things sovereignly. To uh, press you. To uh, force you into a situation that you surely have no choice but to have a change. Then, following this, Things will happen, happen sovereignly in all the persons, the matters, the things related to you in order to take all the occupations, all the occupations, bad or good, everything, just take away. You see, in order to empty you that you may have the capacity, the room, the ground, fully emptied for God's in failing. You read this book again and again, you could see with Jacob, the two main things are transformation and maturity. It is not just a matter to be chosen by God, to be called by God, to be saved by God, even just to be regenerated of God. No. After all these, we need the process of transformation. And we need the process of maturity. 
today, sorry to say, among nearly all the Christians, probably not one would pay attention to all these things. And this is why today God's economy is so much frustrated. We couldn't see the accomplishment of God's eternal purpose because there is such a big lacking. The lacking of transformation and maturity among his people. But we believe in the Lord's recovery. As the Lord's recovery is to recover Christ as life and the church life as our proper living. I tell you, we must see this lacking has to be filled up. The need for God's economy with you is not merely the overcoming of sin. It is what? It is the transformation of your being. You see, then you will have the fullness of his life. Then you will, you will get mature. This is what God needs today. He is after. He is after transformation and maturity. Don't think this is small. Ed, there is an unmistakable call in this final portion that echoed what must be on God's heart today. More than anything else, God is desperate for those people that would allow him to empty them out and bring them to a stage of full maturity, as Jacob did. Can we become such people in God's purpose? Not only can we become such people, but we must become such people. We see from the New Testament that the desire of Christ is to prepare his bride for his return. And we believers want to be the overcomers who are a part of the precious bride of Christ. We need to be transformed by how? By turning our hearts to the Lord. 2 Corinthians 3.16 says, Whenever our hearts turn to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Even if you're listening right now, I would encourage you to pray, Lord Jesus, I turn my heart to you. I like to gaze on you with an unveiled face. When our hearts are fully turned to him, he infuses our hearts with the new element of his being to transform us and change us metabolically. Many times the Lord uses the environment to do this, just as he did with Jacob. Romans 8.28 says, All things work together for good to those who love God. Well, the all things are the things in our environment, the people and situations that confront us. Many times our environment causes us to empty our being out, to open our being up to the Lord so that we can be filled with him to the brim. What is the good here in Romans 8, 28? All things work together for good. The good here is that we would be filled with Christ as life to the brim, that we would be transformed with this life so that we can prepare the bride of Christ for his return. May we all give ourselves to be such people for God's eternal purpose. Ed, I really would like to thank you for your fellowship today. It was a very special portion, and I can't help but think of a book by Watchman Nee that's recently been re-released. This book is called The Glorious Church. But in this new release, 
there are some fresh notes, some additional translated material that really add to the classic nature of this wonderful book. This book, you touched on the bride of Christ and the need that God has for us to become his bride and match him in life and nature. This is really the focus of this book. Uh, I think any of our listeners that were touched by today's message, today's word, uh, would really benefit from this wonderful book. Thank you for being with us today, Ed. It was a real pleasure. Thank you. You have been listening to The Life Study of Genesis with Witness Lee. If you would like more information about this program, then please call 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Or write to Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. You can also send us email at radio at lsm.org. For a free download of this program, or to find more information, visit us online at lsm.org. If you've enjoyed what you've heard from this Life Study of Genesis, then we encourage you to freely distribute this program. It's available in MP3 format. Again, it can be downloaded from lsm.org free of charge.